Welcome to Cameras or Whatever, the podcast for the working photographer. I am Tyler Stallman. And I am Cameron Whitman. And here we are. How's it going? Good. I was traveling. Yeah, you had an exciting week, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And it inspired the topic for this week, even though um, it's not actually what I did. So the topic's going to be <laughs> uh, shooting live music. Yeah. And um, in the end, I didn't end up doing it at this music festival that I went to. Well, you took some pictures. I did, yeah. But it wasn't like a, a band-focused event. I kind of prepared for it to be because um, that, that's what I've done in the past at music festivals. But um, it, it just wasn't what the job that we had was. So, so you went there to work? Yeah, I went there to work. Uh, it was really a blog job for Anya. So we were there with Joe Fresh at the Way Home Festival, which is the first year they've done it in Ontario, kind of okay. near Toronto. And they, um, it was interesting, actually, I ran into a, a, f- a friend of mine that I didn't expect to be there. Um, he saw my post on Facebook and was like, Hey, are you at the festival? And I said, yes. And he, uh, is managing and running all of the lighting for the, for the whole festival Oh wow! and, and came out and chatted with us for a bit. So he gave us kind of some insights into the production of the thing and was saying that, um, like basically, uh, the founder of the festival has resources and enough resources that he just says like i want this to be at coachella levels in in bonnaroo and i want this to be as good as any other festival and it really felt that way like you could tell um that the you know they they were aiming really high wow Uh, so yeah i was i was really impressed at the production and and yeah so our job is we were there with joe fresh which is a clothing brand and uh basically anya was meant to make some posts on her instagram and we shot some posts for their instagram uh, and that was kind of the main job was social media stuff. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. But you ended up uh, enjoying yourself too. Right? Well, you can't help it. Um, <laughs> I can help it. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was, it was really good though. It was fun. Um, festivals, I don't know. I have a mixed, mixed feelings. Most of the have time you gone I'm to not. a festival? Oh, yeah. Like a Lots. big one? Yeah. I've been to a lot of them. Like what? I've been to Coachella a couple times. I've mm-hmm. been to Lollapalooza more times than I can mm-hmm. even remember. Of course you have. Um, what else? I don't even know. We used to do, we used to have a HF festival here in DC, which was a big deal. Tibetan Freedom Fest. All these things. Yeah, I've done this a lot. I used to do it way more than I do now. This is my first festival in a lot of years. Um, but in one year, in 2008, I think I did like five festivals. (laughs) And one year, wow. Yeah, that was the year that I was, I was kind of doing it with Getty. So it wasn't for Getty. Like I wasn't, uh, I, I actually didn't end up licensing the photos but we were doing, uh, we were kind of launching the consumer end of, of Getty and we were experimenting with different, uh, I don't know, just different consumer products. And I sort of weaseled that into um, ways to attend festivals and take photos. So, yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, this festival, like I say, we didn't end up shooting a lot of bands, but um, it's, it's something that I've done a lot. It's definitely a big part of how I started shooting at all. It was a place that I looked for photos. You know, when you're getting started, you kind of, you, you look around and, um, you know, when you first buy a camera, a lot of the time, the first photo is of me sitting in the car as I'm leaving the camera store. (laughs) And then the next one is my keyboard and mouse and (laughs) just, you know, the few objects in front of me. Um, sounds like a digital camera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes, these are all digital cameras. Um, but you know, when you're getting started, uh, when I was getting started, I was shooting film at the time, but, um, 
you don't, uh, it, it, it's hard to, to know what it is you want to shoot, right? You don't have a, you don't start off with a genre in mind. And since I've always enjoyed music, um, that's where I started is me to go to shows and bring a camera. Which is why this is a, an apt topic for us. Because um, when I started taking pictures, I was, like I mentioned in the past, I was um, playing in a band, or I had just stopped playing in a band. And it was pretty much still all I knew. Like most of the people that I knew and cared about were still playing music. And so, um, you know, that was my thing. I just, you know, I was like, well, I'm really into this camera. And so I guess I'll take pictures of people playing music. The challenge of shooting bands on film is completely different than digital, right? Uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> it's, it's also a, f- a funny way to start learning, to like learn photography in a really dark environment uh, where you have a hard time focusing on anybody and also uh, you can't see the photos till the next day. <laughs> or as a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could say it was challenging for sure. And like, I don't know, I I really got into it. You know, like it was all I did for probably the first year or two. It was bands? yeah. And, you know, I've, I've continued doing it ever since, but I, I do it a lot less now. I usually only do it on request from friends, from people that I have to, you know, I have like a couple rules about shooting music is that like I have to respect the musicians and I have to like the music. Um, otherwise, I find it very, I don't know, I don't want to do it. I'm not inspired to do it. Whereas like if I really like the music and I can anticipate what's going to happen, then I'm really excited about shooting it. Well, I think it's also one of those things that it's hard to it's hard to really appreciate the photography if you don't care about the music. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to look at photos of a band that you've never um enjoyed <laughs> that you yeah. don't care about and be like, could "Wow, you, could, this is amazing." Could you care less? Yeah. No, <laughs> <at really. all. laughs> um it, you know, when you look at it, it there is the connection to the music and to the uh, the you know maybe the culture that surrounds the band or the you know it's it's it, it's everything it's the whole package and obviously live music photography would be extremely boring without the music. Yeah, I totally agree. Which is why I think I lost interest in it and didn't keep going. But I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it's fair to say I lost interest. I, I think that it just became that thing where it was like, okay, I realized that I'm kind of wasting my time. I don't know if it was wasting my time either. I think I was just frustrated because I was shooting for all these bands and like I was never getting paid <laughs> and it was, it was costing me and I was just basically like, you know, I'll shoot it. And if you want to use it, you can use it. Yeah. Well, I think I it's because there's a lineup of photographers at the door that are all trying to get a press pass. Maybe. Well, not for the bands I was shooting. I think it was probably <laughs> that too, is that they, none of them had any money anyway. Well, you have pretty specific taste in, in bands. So, Yep. <laughs> Although maybe you don't. I feel like uh, one of these episodes at the end, we'll just need to spend an, an, another an extra hour figuring out what music we have in common because we haven't done that enough. Actually, that got cut out of, was that the last episode? I feel like all the best music conversation we've had was as soon as After. we stopped recording. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Oh, I guess, I guess we shouldn't have said that because nobody will hear it. <laughs> well, so for everybody listening, we're now changing the show to music or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Let's before we get to that, let's um, try to let's try to say something practical about shooting bands. If you could summarize your technique, what's the one, two, three steps to uh, to getting a good live music photo? I think we should back up a little bit and talk about what we bring, sure, and then go from there because I think that that plays a big part. So, well, and we probably have to back up even one more step and talk about which kind of venue we're 
talking uh, about here, right? Like this okay. is if you're at Coachella, it's a very different situation than at a local pub. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, okay. Good, good, good. So I think if I'm all right, well, you throw out the venue and I'll tell you what I do. Okay, well, like, um, you know, a bar down the street. Okay, a bar. Generally, if it's just if I'm just going to check it out and and I I'm not feeling, you know, like I need a big bag and it's something something I can get very close, um, then I'm going to just take my X100 and um, well, X100S and that is brilliant. You know, because I can get wide shots if I if I can get close, then I can get in there and get some really dynamic close up shots with that camera, and like nobody cares because I'm not anybody. I'm not bugging people with my camera. I'm not smacking them around. It's in my hands and it's sleek and in stealth, and it's uh, I love it. Yeah, it's it doesn't really kind of perfect when people don't realize how good of photos you might be taking. The bigger the kit, the more um, attention you can draw, especially in a really small venue like that like, yeah and i think that's when it's the wor- most uncomfortable mm-hmm. to have something like that is when it just feels like it doesn't fit you know <laughs> right maybe it's a little overkill or you know I'll be, um yeah uh, you, you, drawing attention is definitely part of the consideration at that point and uh, you know bands think about it too like that's why when you go to a really big show um and this is this is like the most important thing for people to know that haven't shot a lot of shows is you always get to shoot the first three songs. Um, and then you're kicked out of the pit. That's like, that's like a universal thing with access to larger shows. I've heard this and I guess I just haven't experienced that too much because I guess I haven't shot excessively large shows. Yeah. Anything that's, you know, big at at a, you know, at a uh, large venue or, or a festival, that's the, that's the rule. But the reason is because it, it always is distracting to a band. Like mm-hmm. just think about being in public. If you're just hanging out with your friends and somebody starts pointing a camera, you behave differently. You know, you start, your focus can switch from the conversation to how the camera's perceiving you. And um, I, I don't blame any band for that having an effect on them. No, it's a really great point, actually. Have you ever had any mishaps with that? Are um, you distracted a musician? Uh, not the, yeah, kind of, uh, the one was that one time I had my flash on and, um, I kind of knew you weren't supposed to do that at, uh, you know, bigger shows. Yeah. But I just did. And I really quickly got slapped down by security. So. <laughs> wow. But yeah, um, I've, I, I, I learned my lesson and you know, this just one time and I was photographing, uh, this Baltimore band called Lungfish and they're um, they're kind of a like a, they're not very popular. I don't think like outside of this region, they're a Discord band and they're popular in that way, but not extremely outside of that. But um, they they have like a really cultish following. So the people that are into them are just they love them, you know. Mm-hmm. And their shows are were really something to to be a part of. And um, the singer is Daniel Higgs is an, ex- an incredibly expressive person on stage. And so he's like the most fun you can imagine to, to photograph in, in a small club. And um, I was super excited to do it. And it was like right in the beginning as maybe the second song or something. And, and I had my flash on and I was like right underneath him and he was like bending down towards me and I shot. And it like I, you could just see his reaction. He practically jumped from the flash <laughs> and 
everything about it, including the photo, especially the photo, was just horrible. Oh. Yeah, and I just I f- like I could tell that it sucked <laughs> for him. Yeah, sucked for him, sucked for you. Yeah, and I was just like I just felt like such an ass, and I immediately like backed off and took the flash off, and I don't think of well i guess i've used it a couple times it shows but i almost never use it anymore for like yeah, i i really think if you are concerned about the band if you want to if you want to think about their performance as part of your consideration then you really should just take that flash off your camera 100% of the time even if there's no rules against it mm-hmm. i know that every band dislikes it oh it's awful especially if you have a speed light on there you know and I think another thing is is being respectful to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're not the only one watching the show. Yeah, that's right. And you know, your pictures aren't more important than any person's experience. They paid for it. And uh, I just I can't stand it when I see other photographers that are like being really pushy. And I mean, I understand getting the shot, but there you don't have to be pushy. You can yeah. still be nice person. I found that to be the exception when somebody's a dick, uh, <laughs> like in you know. Um, in photo pits at big things, there's like 30 of you sometimes. There's a lot of people and everybody feels like it's really important to get their shot. But I found for the most part, everybody kind of stands in line. You know, if you weren't at the front, uh, you don't fight for it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've found typically uh, most photographers are pretty respectful about that kind of thing. Nice. Have you ever gotten any flack from, from the showgoers? Yeah, I ignore them. like what you were just saying about that you know getting the shot is not more important than anybody else's experience Mm -hmm. when i'm only there for three songs i am not thinking that way (laughs) i am definitely (laughs) thinking in terms of these photos are much more important than any of your experience (laughs) well i mean if if i think that that's a given if you're at a show that size it's not like a like a really personal experience It's, it's a complete it's a show yeah. It's different. Yeah, it it depends on the size. Yeah, I mean, a really small show, uh, when you're fighting to be in the front row, that can really interrupt things a lot more than a huge concert. Yeah. So that actually, it, I had a, a, an almost incident at the at the last show I was at, which was A.A. Uh, a. Bondi. And uh, we were at this place called the Rock and Roll Hotel, which is kind of a cramped place anyway. Like, uh, I've always kind of felt like I was claustrophobic in that room. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get some shots. It's really dark and the light on him was really low because he's, he's a pretty depressing singer. (laughs) And, uh, I saw a spot open up and I reached in to go take a shot and like immediately, you know, I feel a finger tapping me on the shoulder and I turn around and there's this guy and he's looking at me and he's really happy looking, almost like Pleasantville friendly. Right. So it was kind of creepy. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, he's like, Hey bud. (laughs) And he's like, He's like, I have a friend and, and she's standing there. She just went to grab a drink and she's going to be right back. And I was like, okay. And I just turned around and kept taking some pictures. And it was just like the weirdest thing. And I was just like, wow, that was that was really awkward. Mm-hmm. It's so not like DC. People here generally won't say anything to you at all unless they have something really bad to say to you. Right. Curious. Yeah, I mean, totally depends on the on the show and the crowd too. I mean, I think at uh, punk rock shows where people are actually... Like the more moshy the crowd is, the more they let you fight your way to the front. You know, it's oh, kind of yeah, like, all right, every man, if you can survive up there, then uh, go ahead. <laughs> Whereas a quieter show, if everybody's just standing and listening, 
pushing your way through is going to feel very different and you'll get a much less friendly vibe. Oh yeah, <laughs> very much. It's kind of an interesting dynamic because you, you, you think that the, the punk or metal shows, like you'd have more to fear, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, I think if you go like crack it in there and you just kind of show people that you're going to take photos, you know, usually like I just try to communicate with people visually or whatever, like with my eyes or or whatever. My method is to walk with my camera over my head. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And show it to them and be like, I'm going in, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, good luck. <laughs> Don't die. Okay. So for a small show, you go in with just a, a 35. Well, no, not necessarily. So okay. um, it depends on the, what's the deal, you know, um, like if I'm out of town and I'm going to see a show, I'm definitely not taking a real kit. You know, just because it's it's too, just too much. And if it's not a job, then it's not a job. I want to go and enjoy myself. And I might take a camera for, you know, whatever sake. But in general, I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm going to, to, to really photograph a band, then what I'm going to take to any club show, let's say a club that, that holds more than 200 people. Um, I generally, I'll take my Nikon DF and I'll take a, um, a 50 millimeter at 105 and also the, uh, 70 to 200. And that's generally what I stick with the whole time. And I end up shooting, mostly I end up shooting one lens all the time, which is the 105. Yeah. That seems like a pretty sensible kit. Yeah. And that lens is actually, that was the, that was the first real good lens that I had ever owned. And that's why I bought it is because it was fast and it was just the right length to shoot good close-up shots of musicians in mm-hmm. clubs. Mm-hmm. And with <laughs> 1600 film pushed to 3200. <laughs> well, what about now? Um, now with digital, what do you need for f-stop to comfortably shoot in a, uh, you know, let's say it's a properly lit stage where... You know, you're not in a like a cafe where they just oh, sure. turn a side yeah. lamp on, but they have proper stage lighting. What do you need? No, I mean, I now it's like if I if I need more depth of field, I have no problem going to five six because mm-hmm. you know, like the 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 camera's going to handle the higher ISO. Yeah, and I mean a properly lit stage. I mean, what you're going to shoot at about sixteen hundred anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I was shooting at our local stadium, uh, some like bigger shows a couple of weeks ago. And I had the 100 to 400, which I think I mentioned in a previous episode, which mm-hmm. at 400 is only 5.6. And I'm at the back of the room. So the, <laughs> that's kind of tough because like I can't go much slower than about 400. I think I ended up shooting at 200 quite a bit, which the image stabilizer saved me because it was still mm-hmm. pretty sharp. So handheld mm-hmm. at 200 millimeters on a 400 millimeter lens or sorry, a two hundredth of a second on a four hundred millimeter lens at five point six <laughs> still worked out great, which I was really yeah. kind of surprised by because I don't usually try to shoot at five point six. Um, I don't remember what my ISO ended up being, but it was it was within reason, and it worked out fun. Actually, in the past, uh, at some of the Coachella events, what I was doing was using a one hundred to four hundred and also putting a multiplier on it. I think at the one point six times, Ooh, yeah. Um, so what that does is it also removes it. Well, it obviously it multiplies your uh, crop factor by one point six. No, wait, sorry, it's one point four or two point oh. Those are the two options from Canon. And honestly, I don't remember which one I was using, but it reduces <laughs> your shutter speed even more. And it was on the four hundred, so I was getting something like let's say it was eight hundred millimeters, but it was really slow, and um, I really liked it. Like I could just get really tight headshots. And uh, 
just shoot and shoot and shoot. And then something definitely came out. Like I had plenty of crisp, clear images. Um, and I, that was really fun. I don't know if I'd recommend that universally because I don't know how many people need. That's a lot of gear to bring to just get a headshot from a concert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually you can probably get away with a 70 to 200, but it's fun. I don't, I don't know. It was interesting. You know, uh, full confession, I've never, I've never shot longer than 200 millimeter. No. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should try it someday. Yeah, maybe. It seems, I don't know, it just seems so, like, why? <laughs> so you can get close-ups of faces on stages. From a mile away? Yeah. I don't know. It just seems awkward. If that's important to you. It's yeah, not really. I feel like if I'm not in it, then I'm not in it. I don't know. I don't know. How can I, how can I relate if I'm not yeah. feeling it? I would recommend that you would bring, okay, here's actually, here's what I was using when I was shooting five festivals a year or whatever I said, seven I don't, I don't remember how many festivals. A lot. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I'm just making up numbers now, but I know it's more than <laughs> more than four. Uh, so I shot a bunch of festivals. And yeah, that year, so I brought around two bodies and I would keep a 70 to 200 on one. And I would mix between a 17 to 40 or a 50 on the other. Um, mm-hmm. The other one would kind of just jump around. It'd be something wide-ish, you know. Um, and that is really a perfect combo for events for me. Put something wide on one camera and a big zoom on the other. And mm-hmm. honestly, you miss so many less shots than when you're just uh, trying to switch lenses. Like switching lenses in three songs is a really big pain in the ass. And you definitely miss photos if you're doing that. So Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I, I really do think it can be worth bringing an extra body if you can, um, if you, can, if you have access to one for a show. Or if you can spare the weight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you you have to be kind of committed to carrying it around. Yeah, that's where I struggle now, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, if I don't have to, like, if it's not absolutely, like, I just don't want to. I want to just carry. That's why I, I try to, like, I bring the options and I just, you know, like, for that song, like, I'll I'll stick to that for that bit. And unless I see something and I realize, like, oh, this is going to happen and I know it. Which is the part of that anticipating, you know, the music and knowing mm-hmm. it. Then I'll run off and do that. But yeah, I mean, I think that just the the being able to be nimble and not worrying about having too much gear on me at the moment is is critical for me. Right. And maybe it's just because I'm getting old. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> it's a there's two sides of it though because at the same time, um, if you're bringing a bunch of gear that you can't like with two cameras, I just have one on each shoulder. Whereas mm-hmm. if I need lens options, I usually also have a bag, like a backpack. And then I need right. to put the backpack down and open it and pull out the lens and take lenses off while people are jumping around me. Which is the worst. Yeah. So yeah. that's always stresses me out a bit. Yeah. That should stress you out. Cause that's, yeah, I, that's, that's exactly my, my point. Like I just don't like to, to deal with that kind of thing in that environment. So I'd much rather just pick the kit and, and, Stick to it. Commit. Right. I saw one Getty guy that was kind of just shooting with me. He was in the pit with me and I was talking throughout the day and he just brings one um, kind of wide-ranging zoom lens. I I can't remember which one it was because it was a Nikon and it's not a lens that Canon has, but I, he just had something like, let's call it the set of 24 to 70, something like that. Okay. And that's all. He just walked into the whole festival with that and a case full of memory cards and... 
and some spare batteries. And, you know, I thought that was really admirable because I don't have the guts to do that. I always have a backpack <laughs> full of all the things I might need just in case. Yeah. I'm getting over that, which is mm. kind of ironic because now I have so much more kit <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> at home. Yeah, but you keep it at home. Yeah. <laughs> and locked up in a safe. Right. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, bringing your medium format in there is uh, maybe not going to be worth it. No, definitely not. I mean, I, I think in general, shooting film is for me is is becoming more and more about like picking the right moment mm-hmm. and realizing that like it's just not practical for everything. Yeah, you know? and and a live music event is definitely an example of that. Exactly, and you know, I, I to counter that, like I did have um, a couple shots that I got with my XA. Uh, uh, from a concert last winter and they turned out really cool you know and I was glad that I took them but it's still you know, like it's not like I'm not going to choose that camera to go and shoot a show with you know mm-hmm. just it's just not enough I don't know it's just not reliable you don't know what you're going to get yeah yeah and you you don't want to both waste the film or um you know waste the moment if you you could have if you could have got the moment on a digital one, then you lost it just because you were trying to use a, a neat camera. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the point? <laughs> well, you you might maybe you felt like you were being neat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, and you know, it also depends. Like, why are you doing this in the end? Like, what's the purpose for this? If you're doing it for a job. It can be really different. Oh yeah, I mean that's totally that changes everything. I think I'm going to just go through some tips if i can uh, think of them quickly for um people that may not have already shot in like a you know a media access situation because it it takes a while to get a sense of what is expected of you and what is allowed and how far you can push boundaries and stuff i found it took me a couple of years of going to shows before i realized what your credentials let you do. Mm -hmm. And um, because there's times that if you just sit around and wait for security to let you do something, it really may not happen. Um, Like there was, there's shows that there's shows that you're just not allowed to go into the pit for Um, like Radiohead. They have a guy, you know, they have a photographer. Radiohead mm-hmm. is big enough that at this point in their career, they're not looking for a bunch of publicity photos. They don't need to end up in all the local news. Well, sorry, they will end up in all the local <laughs> newspapers, but they don't need them to bring their own photographers. They're like, look, we trust this guy. He's going to make us look good. He's the only one we need, and he'll send you the photos later. Um, so you just don't get near that. The best the best line for this was um, when Prince was playing at Coachella, and I had really comprehensive access at at that event. So I was kind of allowed to go everywhere and I was wandering backstage trying to find somewhere I could hang out while he was playing and get photos. And the security guards line was, uh, all right, what are you doing back here? This is Prince's house now. (laughs) That's super cool. (laughs) Um, cause yeah, you just, it was those, those older artists, uh, Stevie wonder that this happened a couple weeks ago, Stevie wonder, same thing. It's like, you can't even get to his side of the building. It's yeah. just stay the hell away. Do not pull your camera out. Showing your camera might be the quickest way for you to get kicked out of the whole venue. Wow. So, um, and especially when you've got credentials that somebody else gave you, right? You're there on behalf of 
whoever your client is, which may be the event and it may be the band or may, who knows, right? Like you, you're shooting for somebody and you really don't want to get booted out and give them a bad name. That's who it's yeah. about. Like, it's not about you. The, the security guys are going to forget who you were, but they might be like, you know, oh, you're with Getty. Well, yeah, I'm going to remember that Getty photographers, you know, don't have respect for what they're supposed to be doing. Right. <laughs> so, it, you know, you really have to protect the reputation of who you are there with. Yeah. I think that's really important. Then yeah. on the other side, it, it's important to remember that uh, security guards also kind of don't know what's happening a lot of the time. Like all they've been given is a list of colored wristbands or bat lanyards that, mm-hmm. you know, do let these guys in and don't let these guys, don't let anyone else in. And that can also change between shows. And you know what? In most cases, don't walk up and ask the guy if you're allowed in or not. Just hold on to your camera and walk in. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if yeah. you're not allowed in, you know, they'll probably tell you. But otherwise, you know, just just go. And I, that's that's what the all of those the experience crew does is like they're just in there. And you do not need to have a conversation about whether you're supposed to be or not. Just go and you'll, you'll find out if you're not supposed to be there. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's much, you know, safer to play the confident card and just mm-hmm. look like, you know what you're supposed to be doing and, and just don't be rude about anything. Yeah, exactly. Don't, you know, yeah. Don't start a, an argument. Don't start a fight. Right. Like just, and don't, and don't get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get drunk and then go try and shoot the show. Yeah. Wait till the show's over. Uh, yeah. At it, least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's it's become a weird thing with f- festivals because people get access for so many different reasons. It's not just traditional press that's there, right? Like so many bloggers and people that are there that are relatively independent. Um, so uh, the, the press bits have started to get more and more crowded and there are more people that want to be in there. And it's important to remember some of these people, this is, well, a difference for me is that some people, this is their whole job is they work for media like the news media and they need to have these photos by the end of the day or they're in really deep trouble and if you're just kind of there like i i was which is is a bit of a tourist you know like i'm these photos will help my career in some somewhat in a somewhat abstract way like they'll be good to show but uh, i will not get fired from something in the morning and um i like to give those guys the right of way in general Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen, I've seen them get really stressed out if something's getting in their way of getting the shot because it's just really important for them. Um, and so when you see that, I, I think it's always best to, um, bow out and and let, let them get the shot if it is clearly more important to them because sometimes it it is. Yeah. And you can usually tell. Yeah. They'll tell you. (laughs) Um, there's one time at the, at fashion week, last the most recent one that a girl in the front row was sitting in such a way that every time she would lift her cell phone to take pictures it would block the model's legs and the whole photography pit eventually was screaming at her to put down her phone in (laughs) very aggressive assertive language um they were getting (laughs) so pissed and I just, I couldn't believe, like they were being so mean to this, a girl that was a guest of the show with front row <laughs> seats. And they're just like, put your fucking phone down. <laughs> couldn't believe it. Uh, but it's, that's the thing. It's like, if they don't get these shots, they might lose their job. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. so. Something to consider from the fan perspective. 
Yeah. This yeah, might be so somebody's livelihood. And <laughs> if you if you're the girl in the front row with the cell phone pics that you're just you know going to put on Snapchat, or right. if you're the guy in the pit that decides to punch the photographer, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, yeah. have a little bit of you know courtesy. Um, oh man, there's <laughs> both ways. There's okay. So horror stories. There's this one time that it, it wasn't me. I was watching and I was uh, at the drive-in. The okay. show, the band at the drive-in, wasn't, sure. wasn't at a drive-in, and they <laughs> didn't let anybody from Getty in specifically. They were like, <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I don't think it was the company Getty. I think it was no, um, what do you call uh, that kind of photographer? Like uh, that no are just corporate. Uh, yeah, I mean, just <laughs> no massive corporations. Anyway, they had some restriction, and Getty fell fell into it. So I just wasn't allowed into the bit. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll watch from a distance, and. Um, then That's too bad. They were so good. Oh yeah, their shows are crazy. They're awesome yeah. to watch. But he was such a dick to the photographers. It, so at one point, he ran up and reached down and grabbed, tried to pull a photographer's camera out of his hands, um, and thankfully didn't succeed. He, he couldn't wow. get it away from him. And then uh, a few moments later, ran back and grabbed a cymbal stand from the drummer and threw it into the audience. Um, <laughs> And nothing, I never heard about anybody dying or anything, but I was just like, I couldn't believe. Um, and then again, he tried to throw a fan a little bit later, like a stage fan and a security guard kind of stopped him. But wow. it's crazy. Like uh, just this weird, like aggression to war, like clearly disliking the people there to take the photos. And um, yeah, it was weird. I wonder what that's about. Yeah. I think that's a, there's got to be some history there that I don't know about. Yeah, like a long and storied history. Because I mean, there's, there's, I wonder if how much of that plays into um, this news we've been hearing recently about like uh, the Foo Fighters and Taylor, yeah, Swift, Taylor Swift and their too. their contracts regarding photographers shooting their shows and how you know they basically take all your rights and threaten you. <laughs> did you see the one? I think it was a newspaper that sent a sketch artist to the yes, Foo Fighters. Yes, I did show. see that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Genius. You know, it was that was the best response. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know though. Like, I, I'd like to know more of the story because, like, obviously, being a photographer, my my trigger reaction is that wow, these guys are jerks. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. so I mean, I'm, there's got to be more to the story than than you know, just total image control. I think typically, I mean, I think typically that it's. At a certain level, I don't know. I think the photographers don't, or sorry, the band doesn't spend much time thinking about it, to be honest. Right. I think when they have the option to like, look, you just don't, their manager's like, hey, do you want, do you want all these photographers up there uh, distracting you or not? And they're like, oh, that's an option. Like I could not have them. Sure. Like let's have <laughs> less photographers. That sounds great to me. Like they always, like that's only ever caused a couple problems and um, you know, whatever, like they, I don't, I think, I think they don't put a lot of thought into it and they let one of their people deal with it and the way that those people deal with it may or not be, may or may not be great. And, um, I, I'm going to give both Foo Fighters and Taylor Swift the benefit of the doubt in this case, cause they both seem like relatively nice, nice folks. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I th like, and when I also look at the older artists that I've, like I was saying, I wasn't allowed to shoot like, um, you know, Radiohead and uh, Stevie Wonder and Prince. They're mm -hmm. just, they've been doing this for so long. They're like, I just don't, I'm, I'm just going to worry about me right now. 
you know, I've played a lot of shows and I just really want to be comfortable tonight. And I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they are, they don't, they don't owe it to um, aspiring photographers to let them, to let them in. I, no, you're right. They don't. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I was talking to a friend last week about uh, that he used to shoot for, for a venue for a stadium and that uh, he basically just had to sign a contract for all of it, that he was not going to show any of the work ever and not talk about the shows that he shot either. Wow. Um, so, and that was just the venue terms, not the bands. But uh, I suspect it was to uh, kind of on behalf of the bands preemptively. It's like, look, in case any band cares, we're just not going to get into that discussion about whether or not you're allowed to show the photos. We're just going to tell them ahead of time. Don't worry about it. Your photos are safe with us. So, mm. It's interesting. When I used to work at a club, um, we actually had a sign on the door. that said no photography. <laughs> and Did you put that up just to keep the competition away? No, it was there way before I ever started mm-hmm. working there. I remember I used to consider it and, and be like, oh, yeah, they don't let, allow photography there. I can't take my camera. So before I worked there, you know, and so it was, I respected it, you know, cause it was just like, well, they don't want you to do it. So whatever. And, um, you know, so when I started working there, I was always just like, oh my God, there's so many people with cameras all the time taking pictures of the shows. And, you know, it was probably like my third or fourth week. And I finally asked the owner and I was just like, so what's the deal? And, uh, he was just like, well, I don't really care as long as they're not using flash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know what the thing is about, like what their problem really is. Because mm-hmm. the problem may not be photography, it might be flashes. Like well, Frost is being a great example. And it made it made a lot of sense like the first time somebody pulled out like their iPhone or their or a point and shoot and, and took a picture and on auto and it just you know, like of their friends drinking at the mm-hmm. bar. And all of a sudden there's this like huge distracting flash of you know because the club was super dark mm-hmm. and it was generally you know more of a singer songwriter type of environment yeah and so you know something like that was just like it could completely alter the the feeling <laughs> in the room and it usually did yeah. and usually with a lot of cold stares you know what it reminds me of is when you're at a singer songwriter type show something you know, quiet and folksy or whatever and there's that guy or that girl in the back of the room that every time their song comes on, they're just like, woo! <laughs> and it's like the quietest song ever. Like They are right. louder than the artist. And the artist forgets the lyrics because oh, they're like, just, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Oh, you yeah. know, like from, from the, the, the perspective of, of working in, in those types of environments, like usually when you tell the people that are in the back that are woohooing and talking to other friends to, to not mm-hmm. talk, they're like, what do you mean? We can't talk in the club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this not America? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Well, the, the, the way, the example I'm thinking of, the guy was like, so there's one really specific one that always stands out and it was at Bright Eyes, which is, you know, super singer song. Really. It's as like quiet oh, yeah. emo as you get. And <laughs> the guy beside me was just screaming through the whole, the whole show. And he loved it. He was clearly so into the music and, I just cannot relate to interrupting the show like that, but it, uh, yeah, I mean the, the whole flash thing is just, it's, it is similar. That's, that's my, 
of all pet peeves, that's the one that comes to mind most often. If somebody says like, Hey, what are your universal pet peeves that <laughs> people using flashes, especially when they don't need to, if they're at the back of the room and it's not going to light up the inappropriate flash. God. Yeah. Let's coin, let's coin that term. And we'll, <laughs> we'll use it for now on inappropriate yeah. flash. <laughs> um, like, don't I, do it. I, I have one more tip though, that if, um, if you don't have access Mm-hmm. Or if there's a no photography sign at your local establishment, you can get a lot done with a point and shoot camera. Um, you Heck can yeah. often get more done if you've got the zoom on a lot of like decent point and shoots. I mean, um, the Canon's got like the GX3, uh, the one that I got, the G7X. I don't know if I'm getting these model numbers right. But they, you know, like it gets a few hundred millimeters and you can get pretty close in there. You can get a respectable band photo. And like we were talking about, that stages are usually pretty well lit. You don't need really high ISO. Um, it can be a lot less hassle and you can get it just as good of a photo by zooming in with a good point and shoot. It's, it's really the truth. And, you know, it's, it's actually one of my, um, one of my best friends is, uh, yeah, he's the most avid concert goer that I know on the planet and he's also he documents every single one of them and he shoots everything with uh the G16 mm-hmm. and he's had like i guess four or five different um G series cameras before that i mean his his Flickr account has you know 42,000 photos and they're all from Ooh. shows yeah but i mean yeah the G16 that's you know around 100 millimeters zoomed in something like that and it's really that's plenty for a lot of situations. You can get a yeah, you can get away with so much more and not piss people off. Actually, you know what though? Like, <laughs> sorry, Peter, uh, I've seen him shoot like holding the the camera up and using the the mm-hmm. the live view, mm-hmm. and that's distracting as hell too when you're behind. <laughs> yeah, you do know, you ever find when people are doing that or they're recording the show on their cell phone? Um, no, no, okay, not the cell phone. When they're using a point and shoot and they zoom all the way in, sometimes they end up starting to watch the show on their on their camera because they're zoomed in so close. I'm like, oh, hey, I can see the guy. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. But oh, yeah, it's distracting. You know, the worst is, a, is iPads. Have you ever seen people shooting with an oh, iPad? No. It? Yeah. No. Put it away, please. <laughs> no. That's really? Yeah. You're bringing an iPad to to a concert yeah i mean some people that's their camera that's what they've got okay that's not okay but you know the other pet peeve what are people doing with all these videos that they shoot at concerts you see people that'll they'll come and the first song comes on or their their song comes on and they whip out their phone and hit record and hold it above their head and uh they're dancing along to the song so it's shaking and they're a mile away so the band's tiny and obviously the audio is terrible and do they watch this again do they ever watch these terrible videos that they make? YouTube. I don't know. No, Maybe. I don't even. I don't know. Most of them, I don't think so. Most of these videos, I think, go absolutely nowhere and are never watched again. <laughs> I believe that. And Except that, you know, it's still causing all the distraction. Kind of like most photos, too. Yeah, it's true. Well, and that's why I like the idea of banning cell phones at weddings. Ooh. Banning, no, that's not exactly what I mean, but um, just having an announcement before, like... We have hired a professional photographer, so if you wouldn't mind putting your amateur cameras away, you um, will be able to see the photos later. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Because then uh, you don't or, have the uncle it, jumping in front of you. 
Right, or a disclaimer saying stay out of their way or they will punch you. <laughs> right. Well, that because in those out. moments, I mean, you know, like at, at a wedding, like when the critical moment's happening, everybody's got their camera out. And that's just, you know, it's the worst because then you're like, if you have to fight over that uncle yeah, to get to the shot. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. No. And there's no way to explain that to your client. Like, <laughs> there's your no way to explain it to the uncle in the heat of the moment when the kiss is about to happen. No, or, or the client when they're like, why didn't you get it? Well, yeah. your uncle was in yeah, my way. He was in the way. Oh, you know, he did have that shot. <laughs> yeah, but he got a great one. <laughs> well, I mean, if he got a good one, but the, the unfortunate thing is there's a decent chance that he didn't. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Either way, it's not worth taking a chance. All right, so that compl- concludes the photography portion of the show. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about music. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've already got my kind of picks lined up because I was in music mode this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what yours are. Are yours music related? What are you thinking about? No. You, you just don't have anything yet? No, I do. Oh, okay. But I, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 well, I always no, What's yours? You, you always go first. Let's keep, I finally paid off my Mamiya set. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know. I, I don't want to touch anything but it right now. Like that's pretty much all I want to, to do. It feels amazing in my hands and I'm just so peaked. And have you finished a roll with it yet? Yeah. I'm sending it to a lab tomorrow. That's, and, that is such a cool camera. Like for anyone that hasn't seen it, can you kind of describe like it's, uh, or I'll describe, but it's like a big range finder, right? It's yeah. Like a, it's a range finder. Looks like a looks like a thirty five, but is a medium format camera. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a thirty five millimeter rangefinder, except for the fact that it's huge. <laughs> yeah, and and it, um, you know, the the lenses protrude a little bit further out, you know, just because of the nature of of the format. But, um, I mean, I I think that the most accurate description I've I've read and I've read this a lot is that it's like a Leica on steroids. Yeah, yeah, it looks like if 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 like a built a much bigger camera, it'd be something like this. Except although it does it was, look a little eighties still. Oh, it yeah. I mean, I was gonna say, except for you know the 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 key difference between this and a, and what a Leica would look like is the uh, the construction of the body, right? You know, because the construction of the me is mostly plastic, and yeah. you know it doesn't feel like it's you know it, it's not a tank, you know, for you know. But that said. From what I can tell, it keeps it really light. The mm-hmm. really important stuff is in the lens, like the the um, the shutter and the aperture, both in the lens. And so, you know, like every like the camera is just a vessel. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just the thing that you mm-hmm. connect to and you put the film in. And um, you know, it's really the lenses are the 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 thing. But mm-hmm. the camera itself, because it feels good in your hands, it doesn't. I don't really care that it's made out of plastic. Yeah, it seems like a really useful vessel. Like it's because it is more designed for a. It seems to me again, I haven't shot with this camera, but it seems to me like you um, would shoot a little more casually with it, you know, as you would with thirty-five. Not so much sure. on a tripod in a studio, but it's a little more meant for walking around with. Um, yeah, except for that, you get large format quality. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, and I mean, really, it's it's the difference between I don't know, like if if you've ever really looked at. Examples of, of people's photos from from that camera, but like when they're really good photographers and they're using that camera, it just it's 
it's like unlike anything that I've ever really seen. And I've always like ever since I first started seeing examples of people shooting with that camera, I wanted it. And I was just like, that's the camera that I want. And now, oh, sorry. Yeah, now that I'm now that I'm carrying it in my bag, you know, I was like walking around this week, and you know, while I was shooting this role, and uh, you know, I don't I don't feel it at all. You know, like I have this really amazing, powerful camera in my bag that can take the most high definition shot ever. And I don't even notice it. Mm. And yeah. that in itself is, is something kind of wonderful. And I'm still getting used to, to shooting rangefinders because, I mean, let's face it. Um, it's tough. Yeah. DSLRs are just so, they make everything so easy. And, you know, I don't, I think that that's one of the things that people probably don't realize, you know, if they've never used anything but, is just how easy you have it, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but, you know, I think that the, the payoff for, you know, using something like a rangefinder is that you're, you're really considering your shots. <laughs> because if it was a candid moment and you had to focus, you already missed it. Yeah. You know, so I, it's, it's a different kind of camera. It's not meant for speed. It's meant for perfection. So, sorry, did you get the 7 or 7.2? I got the 7. Okay. And what's the difference? Um, I think it's like, it's something really silly, like multiple exposure or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Like that's, like, it's something like that. And they're like, that's the only difference. Mm -hmm. But you pay an extra $1,000. Right. Okay. So I was like, eh, I'll take the (laughs) 7. I think that's a, honestly, I think it's a great choice. I've looked at that camera before. I, I, it's beautiful. Um, I love it. I'd love to see like a re-release of it. I'd love to see it now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so it's such an interesting thing because when you're used to using SLRs for so long, and then you use a rangefinder, you know, at first you feel a little bit hogtied because you're like, wait a minute, where's my autofocus and where's my ease mm-hmm. and all that, and then once you start actually clicking the shutter, you're like. This is nice. <laughs> and what's an average price on that? Um, usually with a lens, and usually if you buy it with a lens, it's usually going to come with either the 80 millimeter, which was the stock lens, mm-hmm. or uh, the 65. And mine came with a 65. And the, the normal price for that kit is between twelve and 1400 Okay. Um, I, got a, I, I got a pretty good, I got a better deal than that. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was really lucky and stoked because so I got cool. it with the, I got it with the 65 millimeter and, you know, I've obviously I haven't seen the shots yet, but from what I have, the research that I've done, the 65 is apparently a perfect lens mm. in every way. Amazing. Yeah. Is it, is the, it's a different lens system than other Mimeos or? Yeah. It, it only has, you know, like you can only use, I think it's five lenses with the camera. So it, it's the seven series. So that's, that's all you can use. Um, and they favor wide format for sure. Like the, um, the, the ultra wide is a 43 millimeter, which is about 21 millimeter, 35 equivalent, hmm. Um, and it's, it's apparently, I mean, it's, it's, it's a storied lens because it's, it's literally perfect and, and it has like no distortion and the color rendition is perfect. And, and the reason why is because, um, there's no flapping mirror, you know, like they can, they can recess the, the, the butt of the, the back end of the lens all the way up to the film, film plane. Hmm. And so, you know, like you yeah, get, I think about that. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's weird. Like if you look up the 40, 43 millimeter 
the Mia Seven lens. Um, it looks like a pain in pain, you know, like it looks ugly. Cause I mean, it's not like a normal lens. There's not like, you can just put caps on the ends. Like you have to buy a weird special cap that covers the back element. Cause it protrudes like th- two or three inches out. And so it's, it's, it's a bizarre looking piece of kit and I'm sure it's a pain in the, in the neck to carry that one around. Um, but you know, while it's on your camera, I mean, you're not going to get anything better in a wide angle lens. That I've that I've heard about anyway. So, and the sixty five is also fairly wide. That's about thirty two millimeters, and so it's um, that's my comfort zone. It's between, you know, like I really like between like thirty and fifty, and so that made all the sense in the world for me, especially with with a lens, with a camera system that has that much detail. That's when I really want that much detail. Is when it's going to be a bit wider and, and there's going to be more going on. That's when I, it really matters to me. Otherwise, you know, like I think with. Uh, with shooting 35 millimeter, I'm I'm almost convinced outside of using my point and shoot cameras that that the only thing that I want to do is shoot with my 85 millimeter. You know, because that's where I really like 35. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a sweet spot. Yeah, you know, like anything like typically with 35 millimeter, if it's wider than that, then I'm usually bummed out at the quality. You know, like I feel like the quality just falls off so much after 50 millimeter that I'm just not interested. Like I have the, um, I have a 24 millimeter AIS 2.8, I guess. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's supposedly it's a great lens and, you know, like I've been trying to shoot with it and I'm just not happy at all. (laughs) I haven't really thought about that. Yeah. I think it's just 35 millimeter. I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what you uh, make with it. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. Where did you send it? I'm sending it to the Find Lab. Oh, good. Yeah, I uh, I had an unfortunate mishap with my with my local lab, and I won't mention their name, but um, they 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 gave me back some really dirty negatives, and that's not okay. No, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't uh, you can't undo that. No, just just like you know a million years in Photoshop, mm. and deciding, oh, are these pictures any good? <laughs> Is it worth it? Yeah, because at that point it's just like this is gonna cost me hours to to complete this photo. How much do I like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is yeah, w- what we should be doing anyway. <laughs> Maybe all of our, all of our photos should be dirtier, so we have to make that decision. Yeah, right. It's like how much do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> all right, tell me about your thing. No, well, I, okay, my thing isn't actually that specific. I just uh, I I know that if I have music on my mind, you would probably be interested in talking about it. So. Um, like I said, I went to a music festival and it was a awesome lineup for a first time festival. Nothing has happened in around Calgary like that, where they've been able to get so many great bands right out of the gate. But the, some of the highlights were Neil Young. He was the headliner. Nice. Um, St. Vincent was there who I, oh. I missed on the last day. Unfortunately, she started right at the time we left. So I, I didn't get to see her. Um, or the other really great ones. Uh, Broken Social Scene was a surprise guest. That was probably the major highlight for me because P- Passion Pit canceled and then just at the last minute, Broken Social Scene showed up. And I don't think they've played together for years. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, Sloan, which is a really great Canadian band that I haven't seen do anything for a long time as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a great festival. And it had, basically it's just got me putting some more music on this week. Um, Good. Yeah. And so I, I kind of wanted to 
go riff on the theme that like there's tons of awesome Canadian music that I I wasn't even realizing while we were there that m- so many of the bands were Canadian because you know we get we get plenty of American bands that come through. It's not like we only have Canadian bands in Canada, um, but it was a really Canadian festival and uh yeah I, I so i kind of wanted to like ask you do you think about when bands are canadian and all like do you notice the difference between canadian or american bands oh well notice um i mean i don't yeah i think so mm-hmm. but i i don't think that it was it was always like a very obvious thing i think it's just that um in the i guess the late 90s and early 2000s you know canadian music really made a huge impact on the american scene mm. and uh it was it was impossible not to notice yeah and, I think, specifically I think, bands like broken social scene yeah. and and arcade fire and those bands like really made a huge impact yeah like, what was that like 2003 or four yeah i think the last that decade the 2000s was a really great time for canadian music yeah and there's just so many little bands that that, that were you know popping up there from toronto or whatever vancouver and we're just exciting. A lot yeah, of fun. I think it's worth taking a second to talk about Broken Social Scene for anybody that has never heard of them because um I don't know I don't know how big any of their hits really were, but they really they were like a musician's band. Like they spawned a lot of other projects and were kind of a super band. Uh so Feist came mm-hmm. from Broken Social Scene and she's from Calgary, uh, which is annoying that she never really says that. Because <laughs> she kind of acts like it was Toronto, but uh, you know she was in Calgary bands first. Then when Feist left, they actually replaced her with another girl, uh, Lisa. I don't remember her last name. That was from an, another Calgary band. So, uh, history of uh, Calgary Calgarians and broken broken social scene. And then mm-hmm. um, they're like uh, I, I don't remember everybody's name, but uh, do you know? Do you know like Do Makes a Think or yeah. Godspeed You Black Emperor or? Yep. Um, th- those guys were all on the same label and doing stuff around the same time. And it's all mostly instrumental music that is just so good. Like um, it, it, a record that I think most people probably wouldn't have heard, but I really struck, st- strongly recommend is anything, but I do make say think. Um, and mm-hmm. yet, and yet is probably my favorite, but it's, Oh, there's just there is so much good stuff that was happening in the small community at the same time in in the Toronto area. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, and and uh, you know they're all still around. They're all still doing cool side projects. But most of the, my favorite stuff is still from that same that moment when really just everybody was like feeling inspired. I guess uh, that was awesome. That was such a great time. I was actually, I was so inspired by Canadian music in that, that time. And I was looking into moving to Toronto <laughs> yeah. just because it seemed like it was cool. You know, cause cool. I was like, cool. well, I've, I've done this before. I've moved to a city cause I like the music scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah, wait, this was the first time at uh, this trip just now it was the first time we'd been to Toronto in the summer and I really liked it. It was a really different experience. Um, but do you, like, do you know arts and crafts, the label? Like, oh yeah, of you course. probably do. Cause that's who, uh, a lot of these artists we're talking about are on. So yeah, a lot of the time I was, I was just trying to look it up cause I couldn't remember the name and mm-hmm. was, oh yeah, of course, arts and crafts. Yeah. So a lot of the time I'll just go to arts and crafts if I'm just looking for inspiration of limited, like I just want to hear something new and good. It, everybody on that label is good. They really don't have many duds or any that I know of. Um, 
I've had great luck listening to kind of everything they do. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. What other bands were were around that time? Uh, around that time, um, they were coming out of that scene, and maybe even on that label. There is Tortoise is with which is on another label. That's on like the Do Mixing Godspeed label, and I don't remember right. The name and of Tortoise Kent was around way before that, and um, uh, Wolf Parade. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Deers. Uh, yeah, the Deers. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know they were Canadian at the time. Um, Oh, I, I just can't really remember right now. I'm like trying to internet at the same time. Well, but. and every one of the, I guess almost all the broken social scene had break off records. Too, yeah. Right? They all had solo stuff after like, and it's all good. Like, was it Brendan? What's his name? Uh, Kenning. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Kevin. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, it, broken social scene. If you don't know who they are, you have to check them out. Uh, I should also throw in Ruben in the dark is a band on arts and crafts that is from Calgary and we will be shooting their wedding. Um, in a couple of days, so that's going to be cool. Nice, yeah. Reuben um, and Clark. No, Reuben and the Dark. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but his wife's in the band as well, uh, Kaylin. So, their um, fi- fiance. Okay, definitely not Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, and so yeah, they've been doing really great lately. Um, Japan Droids. That's another one oh, I wanted to yeah. fit in there. Yeah, you know Japan Droids. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, they're so great and kind of, yeah, kind of similar time. Um, I think they're arts. I assume everybody's arts and crafts. I don't actually know, but a fantastic band. Um, I've actually I have a good story of uh, a shooting a photography story relating to Arcade Fire, which is a different label. Um, so I I spent a summer in Montreal right after college, and a friend was like uh, one of the housemates was going to see a show of some friends from college which turned out to be Arcade Fire. So we went to this really small show at a fire hall, uh, you know, 40, 50 people, tiny. And it was, uh, they were opening for Royal City and everyone was clearly blown away. Like it it was this moment where everybody's like, this band is wonderful. Something special is happening here. We all can feel it. But I did not have a camera. And that (laughs) moment has really always stuck with me. I've always, like, as soon as that, concert was over i just couldn't believe i hadn't brought a camera with me and had nothing to document what has become a really memorable night like and and also you know that they went on to be very successful after it was like made it more interesting like it made an interesting story for me but i have nothing to visually represent that this happened at all i have no photos of it um and i could talk about having great access i could have been like standing at the front i could just walked up and touch them and taken a photo that's too bad um yeah, so that after that, I really always had a camera with me. So, so um, another another uh, Canadian band that I really like is uh, Fucked Up. Ah, yeah, they were they were at the festival too. Yeah, they're great, and like I don't even know. Yeah, I guess it's just being I, an American that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that that Canada had hardcore. I don't think I knew they were Canadian until a couple days ago, until um, the festival. I assumed they were American, <laughs> but yeah, they're, I mean, they've done, they've been very successful hardcore bands. They've been doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised they're still doing it. Frankly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they're killer. Who, who, who else do you, do you have any other Canadian recommendations? Oh, there's gotta be. Got, well, I mean, I mean, I got lots, but, uh, Neil Young, if, if you haven't heard of him, uh, he's, well, I'm, I'm wearing a Neil Young t-shirt right now. Oh, cool. You yeah. planned, you planned ahead. I didn't know. I just, I have, I have plenty of Neil Young t-shirts. Oh, that's cool. all I can say. Um, I, I like the Canadians, Tyler. She played for three hours. 
the show. Uh, that's that's intense. It was a little long. Um, Sloan was great. Uh, anybody who hasn't heard of Sloan, yeah, you Sloan's, should hear of Sloan. Sloan's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I've but seen a, them a few times. Too. Leading up to all this, I actually put together a playlist on Spotify. So mm-hmm. I'll um, I'll stick that in the show notes, and uh, if anybody wants a introduction to Canadian music, I crammed it in there. That's awesome. I'll see if I can remember <laughs> some more that I thought were really great. I don't know that I've heard as many lately that I've been really excited about. More yeah, recently, l- same thing. But I haven't listened to as much music lately, so uh, it's I just I remember at the end of the you know at the aughts, I guess two thousands. Um, I pretty much just felt like if it wasn't going to be good unless it was Canadian, you know. And, <laughs> That's cool. And then, That's good yeah. to hear as a Canadian. You no, know, that was that was a real thing, and it was like a it was it was pretty awesome just to to recognize that, that this other country was producing this just an enormous amount of inspired music. Well, it's better than what we were doing in the '90s. Uh, well, it depends on your taste, but you know, in the '90s we had Shania Twain and Celine Dion, which sold a lot of albums. Um, yeah, you don't even want to mention that, though. Uh, and also in the 2000s, we had Justin Bieber, who also sold a lot of albums. So. Oh. Um, okay, you're ruining it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, we've got a, a rich history. <laughs> I had this really great like picture of Canada, and it's now changed. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we've got lots of great music here. Um, anyway, uh, if you don't know where the show notes are, you go to stallman.com slash cameras or whatever. Slash twenty nine because we're almost at episode thirty. Heck yeah! Wow, how did how did that happen? I know that's that's nothing that we'll be soon. We'll be saying one hundred. Yeah, uh, I also had a little bit of follow up. We were talking a lot about preamps and microphones and audio last week, mm-hmm. and after all that conversation, I decided to take a closer listen to the episode after it was done. I'd kind of gotten into a rhythm of how I was mixing it, and I listened to it in the car stereo, which I hadn't done for a while. And you know what? It was way too boomy, especially me. There's way too much bass. And oh. um, it sounds, it's just a sound that was fine in headphones. It was completely fine in headphones. On the car, they're just, it's, somehow there just is more bass. It just was a lot more present in a way that sounded muddier. Um, so I'm, I'm going to back off on that. I'm going to use a, a bit more of the high pass filter, cut the frequency a little bit higher this week, I think. Headspace. Huh? It's just because it's exactly what I was talking about last week. Just, you know, like some things like you need more room mm-hmm. for, for that amount of bass. And like if you're listening to it on headphones, you know, there isn't enough space to really yeah. know oh, what's, right. what's happening. So mm-hmm. like if you, it's like trying to mix a record on headphones. Like you can do like a lot of the work on headphones, but you also have to A, B, and C it between totally. different types of speaker systems to know. Yeah, cars have always been the, the good test for me because they're so different from headphones i find a lot of you know normal speakers that aren't monitors like just house speakers you know they're not as different from a headphone like you can hear some different things but if you get in a car that's a thing that a lot of people have and sound completely different so yeah it doesn't sound like any other place yeah you know cars only sound like cars and you know i think that um technically speaking that's not necessarily a good thing but in in order Mm -hmm. of convenience i mean yeah, it's good. Well, we got to sound good in the cars because it's almost the commute. best place to listen to music, you know, even though it's like not or podcasts you know, acoustically. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> acoustically, it's the worst place to listen to music. And I love to listen to podcasts and, and like talk radio and stuff like that in the car. I think it's very fitting. 
But I also like to, you know, if I'm by myself, then, you know, I, I want to crank it up and, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy my ride. Yeah. So if uh, anybody's got feedback on the way that this audio is mixed, let me know because it's going to yeah. be a little less boomy. And also tell us your your feelings on shooting live music. And tell us your favorite Canadian bands. Aha. Uh-huh. I was also, yeah. I should also mention that part of my thinking about all these Canadian bands is just other podcasts I listen to, uh, the Dow Ripple Report, um, which has a Canadian and an American. They've been uh, going on about it lately, and it, it uh, was part of what infused it into my mind. So they also talk about, they talk about computers and music. Nice. Good recommendation. Yeah. So I guess that's it. All right. Hope we helped somebody out there. <laughs> or entertained you at least. Yeah. Enjoy your Mimia.